Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Good mid-afternoon or mid-morning. What is it? Well, it's not afternoon, so technically I guess it's mid-morning. Well, when you're old, this is like afternoon because it's almost lunchtime. Oh, yeah. I hear you. I like to have my dinner around four, maybe five. So, Oh, my God. You are old. Mm-hmm. I just started doing that now. I used to laugh at your grandfather. Now I get it. <laughs> I still get it. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah, I think in my defense, I get up really early in the morning. So if I wake up at five in the morning every day, just about Mm. 5 p.m. for dinner, really isn't that outrageous. Now, if I woke up at like seven or eight or nine in the morning, then I maybe I would want dinner later. Probably not, but it's possible. Probably not, because I get up (laughs) at seven religiously. I have to keep a routine or I'll, it'll just be mayhem everywhere. See, you're way more disciplined than I would be. If I retired, I would never set the alarm again unless I had somewhere to be. Well, that's not me. I have things I want to do. There's not enough time in the day for all the things I want to do. Wow. Yeah, no, I don't want to do anything. So, <laughs> well, by things I want to do, that means staying home and doing an explosion of crafting and artwork and newfound freedom since I'm retired. Since I was denied all those pleasures by the man because I had to pay bills. Damn the man. Damn the man. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> and then I ran around this morning already, so I'm I'm burnt. You know how I only like to do one thing in a day? <laughs> I got to the point where it's like, oh, I'm going to the dentist. That's my one thing I have to do. I realized a couple of things today. I bought a Fitbit because I was hoping that it would help me. You know, I could see how far I walked and, you know, make me motivate me to walk more steps. But all it's done is made me look at it and go, well, I didn't walk very much today. And then I look away. And then I had that follow-up appointment for my vertigo today. It is hilarious to me. I guess doctors aren't used to people talking to them like I talk to them. But to me, a doctor is no better than I am. And they have to pass a test to prove they're worthy of being my doctor because not all, just like not all people are smart, not all doctors are smart. So the guy comes in the room today and, you know, he's asking me all these questions again because I still have vertigo. He ends up asking me if I have pets. I go, yes, I have dogs. He goes, do you sleep good at night? I said, no, because I have dogs. I get up in the middle of the night with my dogs. He's in the room with the girl recording whatever he's saying. And he says, well, I have a very different view about animals. Then, and he points to the girl in the room. He's all 
her view is very different than mine. We argue all the time. I go, what's your view? And he said, dogs aren't meant to be kept in an apartment. They're meant to be out on a farm. Don't believe people should actually own these pets and blah, blah. And I said, well, you're wrong. I agree with her. I go, and I got to tell you, I don't trust anybody that doesn't like dogs. I'll tell you right now. Is it that he doesn't like dogs or he thinks that they just need so much activity that they're not suited for this life that we're giving them? Well, I don't know, but I told him there are different dog breeds. And if you read about dog breeds, there are certain dogs that need to be on the farm. There's certain dogs that are couch potatoes. I mean, you're not going to have a bulldog rounding up your sheep. You know, they're couch potatoes. <laughs> now I can't do anything but picture that. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Uh, he sent me for the hearing test. It was in the same office of suite, suites of offices. So I went back. He comes in. He tells me my hearing is good. He wants to send me for physical therapy. He's always got this smile. He's young. He's probably in his early 30s. And you can tell by looking at him with a smile that he is a good looking doctor. So and he's a man. So and a doctor. So he probably thinks, oh, I charm everybody blah, blah, blah. And I said something to him and he said, I can never tell if you're messing with me or not. I said, that's a gift I have. By the end of our conversation, he, I said, I don't know whether you want me here or not. He goes, no, no, I want you as a patient. And so we were talking back and forth. By the end of our conversation, he was begging me to stay his patient. He's like, I know I can fix you. I go better men than you have tried and it just doesn't work. That's a hell of a job you're putting on yourself. He's like, please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. I'm like, fine, I won't leave you. But, you know, we'll see how things go. I like it. But yeah. rapport, I think, is important. Well, I think he doesn't know what I think of him. You know, I like him. I think he's kind of, I think he's funny. I think he knows what he's talking about. But I think I make him a little unsure of himself, which everybody needs once in a while. They need to be grounded in reality. Especially men, because they have this inflated yes. sense of self-worth that... Yes. I, I don't care who you are as a man or what you do for a living. They all just have it. And that's really something that women should have as well. Yeah. We're not and taught for some that reason, growing up. And I don't even know if men are taught that or if they Yeah, they taught, are. Yeah. You never like had this, a brother. There's like this fearlessness that happens with them where they don't or they just don't care or it's a combination of a lot of things. I'm not sure. I think it's a sticker I have or it's a quote I saw somewhere. It was something to, along the line lines of carry yourself with the confidence of a mediocre white man because even they have such high yeah. inflated mm -hmm. sense of self that we should all strive even for that the most average of them <laughs> yeah and you know he's a good looking young he's he's from the middle east or his parents are from the middle east or whatever and there's nothing wrong with that don't get me wrong my brother is a descendant of italian americans i mean mediterranean men are the same way they're taught that because they were born with a penis they are more important than anyone mm -hmm. i told him today fight the patriarchy and he started <laughs> laughing <laughs> well you know it's true uh it's hilarious mm. what about you you got anything new to report i mean i have stuff to report but i'll tell you offline it's oh okay good 
It's nothing crazy. We just had such a hectic last few days that we'd spend the entire podcast talking about my shit. So (laughs) we should probably talk about the book. Yeah, I'm so unprepared for this podcast. One, I didn't remember we were recording today. I'm like, what is she talking about? I thought we recorded on Thursdays. And then I couldn't remember the book we were supposed to talk about. And then I couldn't remember if I downloaded the notes or emailed myself the notes. So Mm -hmm. I've just opened my notes about half an hour ago and haven't really had a chance to go through them. I'll do my best. Okay, that's fine. I have a lot to say about this, but also my brain is so fried from the last few days. Let's just start at the very basic. Is the book we're recording Double Stuffed by Sylvia Morrow? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay, thank God. (laughs) Yes, it is. Okay, good. Good. Yeah. Okay. We're on the same page. Phew. So far, so good. I did these notes before we went out of town. And then because we've been recording the episodes early, but then I was like, we have to record this today because I have to edit it to put it out on Wednesday. Everything's just kind of thrown off for me at this point. So I was like, let me just double check that I'm actually covering the right book. For people who maybe don't know, this is book two from Sylvia Morrow. Book one is called Stuffed, and we did that in season two, episode 45. So if anybody wants to listen to our discussion on that book, you can do that and then come back to this episode. I don't think it's completely necessary. This book is just straight up wild. And so we wanted to cover book two because book one was so crazy and we actually really enjoyed it here we are talking about book two all right that's what happens when we're enthralled with somebody's book we're like what the hell is she gonna write about now i was almost afraid book one was really out there and book two is no exception to that train (laughs) of thought so (laughs) oh yeah All right, so let's start. Chapter one, I have to say right away, I started laughing at this book. Stuff that Ori says is so wild. And so Mm -hmm. Ori is a pillow, Mm -hmm. as we may remember. How could we possibly forget? Ori is spending a lot of his time at the house because he is made of fabric. And so he really doesn't leave the house. (laughs) He's hanging out at home with the goldfish that they have, whose name is Carl. And he's waiting for Anne to come home from work. And I thought it was really funny that Ori talks to the goldfish Carl all the time. And he tells Carl, prepare yourself for a night of having to listen to loud and boisterous intercourse. Louder than usual, I should say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It just starts off crazy as the first book. But yes, Carl, the goldfish, is what he considers his best friend because he doesn't get out of the house because there's danger in him being discovered or being damaged. We wouldn't want that to happen. Yes, so his whole world revolves around Anne, the female main character, and then Carl, his best friend, the goldfish. So Anne comes home from work. He tells her, Anne, I've discovered something we can explore together. I think you'll (laughs) love it. It's called... The Omegaverse. (laughs) Oh my gosh. My highlight here, my note is, where can I get my own fluffy hearted fuck boy who wants to explore the Omegaverse with me? Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, well, you can get it. It, He's a magic pillow because of, what was it? A phoenix feather that I put in the pillow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. They sound pretty rare. They don't sell those at... uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, apparently. 
<laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Could you imagine? Women would never leave the house. Okay, and then my only other note from chapter one is when he's talking to her, every time Anne comes home, she's a germaphobe, so she has to go straight from the bus to the shower and wash off and he wants to take a shower with her and so he says that he can as long as I'm careful not to get too wet my note here is how is he gonna fuck a goldfish and not get wet and then dot 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 now there is a sentence I never thought I would write (laughs) (laughs) yeah you never thought you'd ponder that question I really was thinking how how is this gonna work the uh not semantics the what the hell is the word see logistics logistics. thank you i can't think the word logistics because i'm too busy thinking about the pillow and the goldfish (laughs) yeah i didn't even think about it i all i thought was well this is going to be some wild shit that's what i thought when i read that no it is so they have that bathroom romp Anne ends up eating dinner because of course Anne's a human so she has to eat ori doesn't and she suggests to ori that they start leaving the house some more because she wants to kind of get better herself about mm-hmm. being in these dirty places i guess ori needs to try to get out of the house more because his life revolves around her and carl which is great on one hand but on the other hand like he needs to have his own life right she tells him i don't want you to be stuck anywhere it's time you stopped living only for me you deserve to find something else that you love and before you say something incredibly sweet like i know you were about to i know you'll never love anything as much as me but you don't have to. Just have to find something you really care about. And then Ori responds, like, Carl, I care a lot about Carl. His whole life depends on me, in fact. I take very good care of him. (laughs) Yes. This book is so wild. You forget that I love you just as much as you love me. To which he responds, impossible. And she says, hey, I took seven of your tentacles at once last night. If that's not love, I don't know what is. And then he says, it was eight. And if you lost count so easily, it wasn't enough. (laughs) Oh my God. And then he just smiles at her and says, well, as your alpha, I am meant to be the provider of the family. So I suppose I should seek employment soon. And she's just like rolling her eyes going, oh, my God. For me, when I heard this thing, this reference, I was like, where's that bonus story? Because (laughs) wild. You wanted the tentacle info. Pretty much. So a little bit of time passes and then they have Halloween night. They have like a hot interaction. And then I also forgot so much wild stuff happened in book one. Yeah. I forgot that he gets power from draining it from other people (laughs) in order to stay alive. I don't know how I forgot that, but I totally did until he mentions or he thinks something about how he siphoned some power off of somebody earlier in the day or something. She says, you're a pervert. Did you know that? And all he says is yes. Now answer the question. Yeah, he is, his dirty talk is crazy. Yeah, they get home, she puts down her Halloween stuff. Oh, they were giving out candy. He tells her, you need to get on your knees. And she's like, what's all that about? And he thinks, oh, she's such a naughty little actress. And he goes, I told you I was going to punish you, my love. I died reading the entire book because he takes (laughs) his alpha status very seriously. (laughs) Yes. Oh, boy, does he? 
And she's all, mm-hmm. hey, what are you doing? And he goes, punishing a brat. And then he just lays her on the kitchen table. And he's like, now open your legs very wide for me. And she, you know, loves these little, as we all love these little games they play. It's keeping it fresh is what I call it. (laughs) Oh, he keeps it very fresh. Yeah, he does. Yeah, they had another um, funny interaction. I think it was that same night. She says that he's a wonderful house husband. And he says, only an alpha providing sustenance for my Omega. Oh, because he makes her dinner even though he doesn't eat. That's what it was. Yeah. She says, you're so weird. And he says, I'm literally a pillow. What do you expect? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, he's the best pillow ever. I don't remember how much later it is, but they end up having their mall outing and they go to what the store is called Make a Friend. It's basically Build-A-Bear. He wants to make a animal toy thing. And they say, if you've ever been to Build-A-Bear, they have little hearts and you're supposed to do this little ritual and make a wish on the heart and then put it in the animal. And then it's supposed to kind of like make it come to life. So he makes a wish on that thing and he wishes that Anne and Carl will live forever and be the happiest people ever. And he's so he's so serious when he's talking about this thing. She's Anne's like, no, we can't afford a memory. And he's like, yes. And she's like, well they cost extra. And he just looks at her and says, my friend needs a memory, Anne. <laughs> he's like so serious. She's like, all right. Everything about it is hilarious. And is the friend or the thing he's making a goldfish? Or some sort of, like, aquatic animal, isn't it? It's a goldfish. Yeah, that's what I thought. This is all leading up to things that are going to happen later. But in the meantime, they're still at the mall. I don't know how he did this. He spends a lot of time on the internet, probably because he doesn't leave the house ever. He was able to look up a map of a layout of the mall. (laughs) And he found out that there was an, like, essentially an empty storage area for a mall store location that wasn't in use so Mm -hmm. he sneaks her off to that empty storage area they have a quickie like sit down i'm gonna remove your pants don't argue i know you'll try to he's Mm -hmm. just animalistic that's (laughs) not a reference to his tentacles either Mm -hmm. my note about ori is that he may be a pillow but his pillow talk is bar none and yes i did (laughs) yes that's very funny. It's true. He has better dirty talk than a lot of other shifter books I've read. So, of course, we should have known when they go sneak into this area. He says we have to be quick so that we don't get caught by security. Well, of course, they end up getting caught by security. And the security guards are disgusting. There's two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And apparently this is something that people do all the time at the mall because they tell... Ori and Anne, we know what people do in here. Everything's fine. We just want a little show. He's like, show us what you were doing in here and we'll let you go easy as pie. And I think Ori's reluctant. So then they're like, okay, well, that's fine. Like Anne or the woman, they don't know her name, can just give us the show and everything will be fine there. So they end up grabbing her arm or they do something And Ori basically does his version of touch her and die. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, he does. When this happens, he thinks they threatened her. They propositioned her. They sexually harassed her. He touched her. 
Any oh, bit of calm I have is gone, replaced entirely by the need to protect Anne. She is mine, and she's mine to protect. I feel something mm-hmm. surge inside me I've never felt before. Flashes of every time Anne has come home crying, of mm-hmm. Todd trying to harm her in her home, men touching her at the bus stop, a goose being taken to slaughter. Mm. He basically goes into whatever the pillow version of a fucking rage is. And he's a berserker. <laughs> he's a pillow berserker at this point. <laughs> he goes into pillow berserker mode. He becomes a European pillow. He's so angry. Oh or body pillow, whatever you want. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's so he's losing his shit. So he ends up grabbing onto them and he is taking in or draining what he says is more power than he can handle. He feels overstuffed and nearly overwhelmed, but also strong. And then he hears the loudest noise I've ever heard ringing out and a burning through my chest. I drop the man. He's nearly empty anyway and raise my hands to the inflamed area. And well, it turns out that he basically drained both of these security guards until they were ash or something. And Mm -hmm. by doing so, he himself turned into a man made of flesh. Yes. And he actually gets wounded. Yes. I think one of the guards shot him or something, right? Yeah. Like nobody heard that in that little room. It must be soundproof. They end up going back home. Ori's, of course, freaking out because he doesn't want to be human because Anne is a germaphobe. And so she that's why she's not really with human men. That's mm-hmm. how their whole relationship started, essentially. And so he's freaking out that Anne's not going to want him anymore. So sad. I know. They're at the house. Something happens where there's an accident and Carl's fish tank ends up breaking. Ori ends up taking all that extra power that he had in him and using it to transform Carl into a man and then making himself back into a pillow. He picks up the goldfish and he holds it up in front of him and grins and he tells her, we're going to get our beta, my little Omega. And then he's putting this life force in him and he She's like, what the fuck is happening? The only thing that would have made this better if Carl was not a goldfish and he was a beta fish. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. A hundred percent. You and your beta fish. Yes. Yeah, it was pretty Uh, funny. She doesn't know what Ori's got going on in his head. Craziness. Ori says that... Carl is going to be a little bit fish, but hopefully not too visibly. And he says, I suppose we could always take down another security guard and fix him if we need to. Oh, God. (laughs) Anne doesn't know what is going on. Oh, no. She's like, what the hell is happening? And Ori just says, well, give him a moment. I gave his form an excellent description of what to look like. Hopefully it works. He ends up going, changing back into fabric because he gave Carl so much of his humanity and life force. It's really the best of all worlds because Ori doesn't want to be a flesh and blood human man. And the thought of having to eat food and actually use the restroom is disgusting to him. Now he could have a real life life best friend you know win-win for everybody yeah and the way he describes carl or Anne sees him he's he has a fair amount of toned muscle light golden skin with a healthier glow 
It has slight red gold sheen all over his fit body. And Carl's just standing there panting and flexing his hands and looking around. And and Ori's like, Carl, it's me, Ori. Are you all right? And he's like, how do you feel? He's all confused. Well, yes, this is a big unexpected change for him because Carl really just was a fish. He wasn't magical, right? Right. Ori was magical and he was a phoenix. So he at least had, I don't know, I guess a phoenix life before he was the pillow. It's a very weird conversation we're having. (laughs) Plus, plus you have to think how many brain cells can a goldfish have? Well, she does comment later on that he's got a memory that is not like a goldfish. But at first you're like, what? What is up with him? And I thought, you must love this part because Ori goes to grab him some clothes and he gets him gray sweatpants, which is your favorite. Oh, I do have that highlighted. Oh, okay, go ahead. They go to grab dinner and he gets him this uh, sweatpants. Um, He describes them as being baggy on him but barely loose on Carl. I think this is Anne thinking this. The man isn't quite as tall as Ori, but he's incredibly fit and solid. And I really Mm. shouldn't have given him gray sweatpants because I should not be looking at him the way I am. Oh, Anne's the one that gave him the clothes. That's what it was. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, and Ori, Carl asks, can I stay here? And Ori's like, well, of course, you're part of our family. And he tells him, we need another male for mating. Or no, Carl says, well, if you need another male for mating, I offer my services. And Ori just starts to laugh and says, we're going to have to talk about that man to man. Yeah, so my note now is that they have a thruple where Ori is the alpha, Carl is the beta, and Anne is the omega. The story really takes a turn because they're all kind of sexually fluid with one another. Mm-hmm. and. It's described as Carl having skin that's almost like snake skin because there's a little bit of his scales remaining. That's kind of creepy. Carl is having really strong mating instincts, but Ori and Anne haven't welcomed him into the bedroom yet. They're working on it. There's this interaction between Ori and Carl in the park. Do you want to talk about that? Well, go ahead. (laughs) You go. I was like, what the fuck is happening? I guess this is something maybe goldfish do, but... It is. Fish. It's like, you have to chase me. It's part of the mating dance of fish. They end up doing this in the park. Whatever you can think of happening here does happen here. Ori doesn't just use his dirty talk on Anne. He also uses it on Carl. Mm-hmm. And... It was really weird, but also kind of hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I felt bad for Carl because he knocks him down. He takes him. He keeps telling him, I'll chase you because Carl wants to be chased. He takes him into the park. They go further and further into the woods. He ends up tackling him in the dirt and basically grinding on him to prove that, you know, he's the dominant one and he's the alpha. Well, Ori tells him, as your alpha, it is my duty to ensure my pack is well satisfied. God. <laughs> he is. He's so hilarious. Funny. I love this character. I think he's better in this book. He's a, less murdery in this book. So I think yeah. we can focus on how funny he is. Because in the last right. book, he was really like Norman Bates-ish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had his funny moments too. But this was, yeah, this was funnier. I definitely agree. 
Mm-hmm. So Anne's a little reluctant to take things to the romantic level with Carl because she feels like she's going to be cheating on Ori. She also says that she wants Carl to develop his own personality, his own wants, needs, etc. And she actually wants that for both of the guys. So she kind of encourages them both to figure themselves out. And she tells Carl, we're not going to go there until you figure yourself out, you know, kind of get a job, learn everything, Mm -hmm. go from there. And so then we have a couple chapters that pass or not necessarily chapters, but we have a couple months that pass. And it turns out that Ori has a job as a lifeguard. And he ends up telling people that his skin texture is a new overseas fashionable procedure. I thought that was a great excuse. Nobody knows what the hell everybody's doing these days with plastic surgery. I thought so too. He kind of says it's like a tattooing process that's Mm -hmm. making you have skin like this. Loved it. I'm all, oh, that's perfect, Carl. They'll never know. He's also getting hit on left and right because, of course, Carl is very good looking. Mm -hmm. And so he gets hit on by men and women. And so when a man hits on him named James, absolutely loved this response. He tells him, James, you're very handsome. If my heart wasn't already spoken for, I would like to mate with you in several ways that could not possibly produce offspring, but I'm taken. I hope we can continue to be friends. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor Carl. He doesn't know what's going on, but yeah, he flatters people. So uh, on top of being very handsome and built, he's, he's a charmer. One thing that I wanted to talk about is when Ori explains to Carl that they need him for mating because when Ori ejaculates, he just ejaculates feathers and he can't do that inside. And so he needs cum and he, he tells Carl, we need you for your cum. It's really weird, but also kind of a missed opportunity because Ori wants Carl because he can release fluids. I really wanted there to be some sort of like excessive fluids here because he oh, is no. that fish. And I mean, if Ori is going to do feathers, we should have something equally weird with Carl. Well, I thought the thing that is weird is he finally ends up sleeping with Anne. Did you get to this part already? And he's as he's ready to come, he asks her, where do you have your, where are your eggs? <laughs> because well, the when fish mate, they fertilize the egg. The eggs are expelled from the female fish and the male fish releases his sperm or whatever it is to fertilize the eggs over the eggs outside the body. So he doesn't realize he's supposed to come inside her body. And Anne's like, what the hell is happening here? I thought Ori was had talked to him and explained to him. Yes, she gets a little mad, actually, because Ori has been pushing them to mm-hmm. have a relationship so much. That when they finally, she finally starts to go there with Carl and she realizes, she's like, well, what is he actually talking to him about? Just this BS, like the Omegaverse and not Mm. actual biology? Like what is happening here? Yes. And I think that's exactly what he's doing. And it is. Yes. That's what he, that's what he talks about. (laughs) Those are his priorities. Yes, exactly. And he's afraid and Carl's afraid when she gets upset that they're going to send him away. Uh, no, she doesn't send him away. They end up, I think this was pretty close to the end of the book. Mm-hmm. 
the last few chapters, they all three of them end up hooking up together. Oh God, it is the oddest hookup that I've ever... Can we talk about it or do we leave it as a surprise? What do we do? Well, yeah, you go ahead. You talk about it. What Ori wants to do is while Carl is fucking Anne, Ori can change the size of his dick and he wants to penetrate her along with Carl. And once he's inside her with Carl, he starts to expand the size of his dick. And not only that, he uh, introduces, shall we say, to Carl what his tentacles do. I think he ends up using them on both of Anne and Carl. He does. But Anne knows what's going to happen. And Carl is a little confused at first and then loves it. Yeah, my note is there's a lot happening in this scene. (laughs) Yes, there is. You're quite lucky, of course, having someone so loyal, dedicated, handsome, tentacled. No wonder you love me so much. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Who wouldn't? Yeah, it was hilarious. And then the book ends. So the book started a little before Halloween, and now the book ends at Christmas. So I think it's actually not that Christmas of that same year, but it's Christmas of the next year. So they've been together for a little over a year at this point. Right. And they're giving each other gifts. And I wanted to read the gifts that... Um, they're given because these are real books in real life. Carl's whole thing is that he's really interested in reading. And so I thought this was really funny. Carl's whole thing is that he's a lifeguard. He's going to school. He's really interested in reading. I think Ori's also going to school, but because we all know he's like the Norman Bates psycho murderer, (laughs) his, his whole thing is politics And history, I think those are what he's studying. I thought those were very fitting because, you know, it's not that far off from real life politicians. Well, there's a couple of references in the book where Ori has referred to politicians as the overlords, you know, and Anne Mm -hmm. just laughs when he says it. But he is very interested in politicians. And that's why he starts taking these uh, educational classes in American politics. Yeah, he says, I'm going to learn all about the overlords. We'll have power soon, you'll see. Mm. <laughs> and Carl just thinks, what's he talking about? He's so weird. One of the people ends up giving Carl books. He says, what's this one? He picks up the first book and reads the blurb on the back. This is about a sentient door? And it's a romance? Oh. God. <laughs> they respond, what can I say? I got you some books that reminded me of you two. I think you'll like them. So then he looks through the rest of the books and he says, this is a swamp creature romance. And this next one is a living Jack in the box. A scary house that comes alive. And <laughs> so um, those are real books in real life that people can read. The author Have you read of- any of them. No, I haven't. But I actually really liked that the author of this book in her afterword links all of the books she references, the ones about the door and everything. I thought that was pretty clever, actually. Yeah, maybe these books are that he, she's talking about or mentions are the books that influenced her. When I read that, I thought, oh, this helped her realize you can write about anything in the world. You're only as limited as your own imagination. And girl, you've got a hell of an imagination, let me tell you. 
this story ends up ending with Ori's gift to Carl and Anne. He's been saving his money for them to go on a trip. And he wants to take them on an adventure. And he wants to figure out how they can live forever if they want that. And so the book kind of ends on a cliffhanger. Like there's an open-ended possibility that we'll figure out what this adventure is. They all go on for immortality, possibly not. And either way, we should be okay with that. Well, I think what he pulls a little box out of his pocket and opens it up, telling them we have an adventure to go on so that they can become immortal. And when he opens it, it's a little tiny flame And he says, this is if you want to live forever. I assumed it was part of the Phoenix flame. Yes, I think so too. Okay. And that's how the book ends. So what'd you think? No, you tell me first what you thought. I would give this four damp panties. The book was very weird. Carl being a former fish freaked me out. However... All their scenes together are super hot. Ori is freakishly good at sex and dirty talk. It was funny. It was weird. It was a lot less morbid, which is saying something because he still kills two people in this book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I still enjoyed it. Yeah, it was kind of long. I think this was longer than the first book, but it was still an interesting, bizarre read. I agree. I would also give this probably four, I'm going to say wet panties. One, I really like this author and again, commend her for her creativeness in her characters. It was a little weird that Carl was a fish, especially that he had scales. That kind of fucking creeped me out. But I really like the author. There were some really funny parts. And Ori's sexy talk and dirty talk is enough for me to give it wet panties. I like this book and I would recommend it, but I would read the first one first because you want to know Ori and the whole, to me, I'd want to know the whole story of their meeting and where Ori came from. Yeah. And the part about him killing the security guards and getting all that power and stuff maybe won't make sense. And, oh, and then in, in this book, there's also a reference to him having a brother who, yes, like you won't uh, you won't understand that really unless you've read the first book and you figure out where Ori came from and how he became this magical pillow. So, so don't you yeah. think there's going to be a book about his brother? I do. Possibly. <laughs> I don't I don't see why not. It was such a weird and random thing to throw into this book that it almost seems mm-hmm. like it has to be a spin-off yeah. series, right? Like uh, why else would he randomly find a brother? Maybe she just wants to leave the door open so that if she wants to write about the brother at some point, she can. But mm-hmm. I did like the fact that it kind of explained that there wasn't just one random feather that randomly fell into you know, this one particular pillow. Well, and then his brother wasn't even a pillow before either. So who knows what other possibilities all of his feathers could have turned into. Would this make them twins because they're feathers from the same phoenix? So is it actually his twin brother? I don't know because there are, I I don't know if feathers are different. I can't believe we're having this conversation and I'm seriously trying to think of a... (laughs) I would say, no, they're not twins because maybe t- maybe feathers like snowflakes are all a little different. I don't know. Mm, okay. Did you read anything else? I'm really bummed because I finished. I'm 
I finished so many good series on TV. I started watching Shrinking. Have you watched that? It's on Apple TV. It's with Harrison Ford and Jason Siegel that was in How I Met Your Mother. No, but I actually forgot about that. I had heard about it and then I forgot about it. What I'm reading is I I finished The Fall of the Promise, which is The Wolves of Promise Falls, book one by T.S. Joyce. I also finished The Rise of Promise. Or no, I'm sorry. I started reading The Rise of Promise, which is book two in that series. And I also started reading our next book. But I really haven't been reading. I've been, I don't know. I am so freaking tired. I do a lot. So I don't know why why I'm surprised that I'm tired. I'm constantly in motion. And then when I get in bed, I just collapse in a heap. That's what I'm doing. And I've been doing a lot of crocheting and sewing. So I've been doing that in front of the TV and watching television series. Yeah, I have not been reading anything else. We went out of town over the weekend. So I the only thing I've been reading is the the book we're doing next for the podcast. But otherwise, I haven't been doing anything. So <laughs> Oh, the other thing that I finished is Finley Fenn ha- had the Yule Yule by the Orcs book mm-hmm. release mm-hmm. and I did I did finish that. Oh, was it good? Re- it was good, but you know, her books are always so freaking graphic. Yes. I'm like, holy crap. I read her stuff and I'm like, oh my God. She's very um, descriptive in what's going down. So it was two two orcs and a fe- a human female. It was good. I like her stuff. I like orcs. What can I say? Yeah, me too. Did you say what the next book was? No, I haven't oh, said what right. the next book is yet. Um, okay. <laughs> the, <laughs> the next book is... Mail Order Minotaur by Lilith Stone. Is this a first, a new reading, a new author for us? I don't, that name didn't sound familiar to me. Yeah, she's a new author. I was looking up books that we could read next. This came up as one of the, you know, if you're looking on Amazon and then it'll say at the bottom, like people who read this book also liked this book or other suggestions. I think this Mm -hmm. was one of the other suggestions that I saw when I was scrolling through and it looked really cute. So cool. It's supposed to be a sweet and steamy monster romance. Mm. I'm very excited because I stupidly went to Joanne's yesterday because they were having a sale on fabric and yarn. And, you know, before I got halfway through the store, I must have had seven different kinds of fabrics in my cart. But I found all these really cute fabrics to do more of those little mermaids I'm sewing for the kids. And I found a new yarn that I can use for the hair, which I'm excited about. I found other fabric that I'm going to make a little pink ballerina mouse for somebody i'm excited cute yeah it all sounds adorable it is adorable and i haven't even made it yet but i see it in my head nice (laughs) yeah other than that that's all i'm gonna be doing today all right well i'm gonna be editing this episode and uh trying to figure out what's happening with my life (laughs) all right when you get a chance text me and let me know how the weekend was okay i will all right babe have a great day you too all right bye bye Thank you for listening to the Bonded Books Podcast. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Our email is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com. 
and check the show notes for a link to all of our social media.